Martinez. I'm handling the mic for today. And again, I'm in a room full of guys. This is just weird. But yesterday was fun. Um, to, I'm Joni Martinez, and we are going to talk about Antifa versus the MTA and the NYPD because, as you know, there have been some rifts and there have been some run-ins in the last couple of weeks. And we're definitely going to talk about that. But let me introduce you to the panel. First up, I have my one of my favorite, favorite people, if he was a professor still, I'd go to all his classes, Mr. Kirk Adair. Hello, my dear. Good evening. How are you? I'm good, now that you're here. Well, thank you. <laughs> also, I have Mr. James Smith, not LL Cool J, not James Todd Smith, but James Smith, regular James Smith. And he's here as our guy on the right, but he doesn't want to be right, so he just wants to be tempered, right? I, I'm often right. And that's <laughs> unfortunate. So I'm here to enlighten the rest of the panel. I should hope so. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to try. Well, your witticisms are very well regarded. And you do tend to ruffle a few feathers. But don't worry, we just like smooth them right back out. I also have with me today, I got Mr. Evan Ingle. Oh, God, he is amazing. Mm. Oh, you, all you. of you are amazing. But mm. Evan is especially amazing. I'm just excited to be here. Nice. And finally... But, but, you know, last but not, certainly not least, Mr. Mm. Brian Parker, the actor. He mm -hmm. is gracing us with his thespian experience on our show today. Brian, thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. Ooh. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to be all smooth. I see this. Okay. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <coughs> I need a minute. Okay. So. Um, we're actually talking about Antifa versus the um, MTA and NYPD. Had you not realized this, so the, for the, so let's back up a little bit. Now, um, the MTA claims that there has been a spike in fare evasion, and to combat this, they have put 500 extra police officers in the in the subway stations, and I think along the bus routes. I'm not entirely sure about that, but it, as a way to combat fare evasion. Mm -hmm. Now, um, some people actually argue that this is a detriment in that there it is an over-policing of our transit system to the point that it feels a little bit tyrannical and it feels a little bit like a police state. And um, there have been protests, you know, spouting about. Um, and there was this one protest that hit where there was a complete vandalization of the system. So mm -hmm. people were pouring Gorilla Glue into the turnstiles. Um, there were people that were destroying property, um, making trains late, this, that, and the third. And, you know, <coughs> not everybody's too jazzed about that. Now, um, some people are claiming that it was an the work of Antifa, Antifa, which is... Um, anti-fascism at least that's what it was so you know if you know anything about antifa antifa was a movement in the that began in the 30s i believe and it was anti-fascist movement yeah where in the 30s do you know 
I want to say, I, I would love to say Germany and Italy. Germany. Okay, see, mm-hmm. I was right. It was one of those. Mm-hmm. To combat fascism, the rise of fascism happening. But fascism is more tied to Mussolini rather than Hitler. But it's, it's, it was still like the same. But it was in Germany and what it is, a pre, pre, pre-dedicated or pre-predicated um, Hitler, just Hitler's rise. It's oh. almost like they were engineered that way is what it feels like. Well, Hitler was engineered. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was engineered by von Ludendorff and the German general staff to supposedly uh, offset the Bolshevik threat, which is total, which was total nonsense. But he was totally engineered and financed, and he was financed for the Rothschilds. I think it's the classic problem-reaction-solution. They engineer or create a problem. They all automatically know what the reaction is, and they have the solution in their back pocket, national socialism, led by this charismatic leader. I guess it like um, I guess my first question would be like who like we would just like to figure out like how like we we understand what Antifa was now what is Antifa currently that's what I want to know and Kirk I would like actually your perspective on it because it's a question I've been it's been bopping around in my head I know what it is but you know it's being veiled as something else can you explain a little bit for us and of course James will give his two cents later on. Let's get um, there's a, and there has been, not just in this administration, in the last four or five administrations, uh, a move toward more um, uh, f- uh, fascist tendencies in this country, and so it's caused a rise in people that oppose that, and the militarization of the police, giving them uh, arms and tanks, and um, their uh, unrestricted, really, uh, abuse of minority communities um, has fueled this along with restrictive laws and then along with the fact that uh, when you start looking at the legal system, the legal system is being pushed uh, for for stronger laws because now prisons for profit have become uh, another item. So that is also something that figures into uh, the pro-fascist movement. I mean, you have to remember that the the railways and that Auschwitz and the prison camps were basically built by the same people by Henry Ford. He funded that. So did the Harrimans. So did the Rockefellers. Okay, and the Rothschilds. They, they all funded that. Uh, wait, aren't the Rothschilds <coughs> Jewish? Yeah. And they helped. So yes. There were so, several prominent Jewish families that actually funded the National Socialist Movement. There was one very prominent, outspoken supporter of National Socialism in Germany, and he had a uh, Jewish last name. Um, but I think maybe to bring this back to what's happening with Antifa here in America, mm-hmm. you know, with like um, this all of a sudden outcropping it almost seems as sudden as like the tea party it almost seems like if there's a group in power that we don't like and they they have power then we're going to engineer a reaction the reaction is going to be the tea party and they're going to do outrageous antisocial things now we have antifa and this just feels and i don't i want to ask everyone else here yeah. guys doesn't this feel engineered no Okay. No, so I so you're you're right about Tea Party, right? Tea Party mm-hmm. was documented, funded by the Koch brothers. Uh, that was very much an engineered sort of astroturfed thing. But Antifa, 
the the roots of this movement go back to at least to, to 2011 to Occupy Wall Street, right? That was something that started under Obama, right. and yeah. and you know I was I was there to Occupy, and I, and I was arrested with the Antifa, covering the Antifa guys uh, at Trump's inauguration, uh, and and the crowds are very similar, and the vibes are very similar. The the reason I think that you see you do see a, a radical spike. I think a lot of people were drawn to Antifa suddenly after mm-hmm. after Trump's election. I think I think he radicalized a lot of people, and a lot of people, you know, felt very strongly about that. Uh, but no, I don't. I don't think. I, I think that's a movement that has been growing for a long time. So wait, what is Antifa's? So wait, what is Antifa's end goal? Like, like that's a good question. Because I because from what I understand, like I would understand, it's anti-fascism, and they're trying to rally against. Um, they're trying to rally against what is in power. And, I, th- you know, it happens. It's been happening since, you know, civilization. My issue is, is are there certain people with it that are in Antifa that are just there to agitate? Meaning, are they just there to mm-hmm. just cause violence? As a, to kind of, like, be the face of it while there are actual people in Antifa that are doing the right thing. Protesting, um, galvanizing people, that sort of thing. Well, in any movement, there are always uh, agent provocateurs. Yeah. Um, and those people are funded by government, fascist-backed, and particularly by the banks. Yeah. They, they're, they're, they're in there because they want to radicalize a protest and make it violent so it can then be suppressed. That's problem, reaction, solution. Yeah. That's why I think Antifa and the Tea Party were engineered by whoever. I'm not to look under the bed and look check behind the closet, but it feels too spontaneous. The minute they get a, I'm, I'm going to go here. The minute they elect a black president, everybody loses their damn minds. And then they elect this guy that they don't like, and everyone told us vehemently that we should not like him, and they give us all these meaning like. One, bullet points one two three the reasons why we don't have to like him and it's always the same song he's a racist he's a sexist he's a fascist now since i was a kid i've seen hitler effigies of reagan hitler effigies of bush yep. hitler effigies of obama none of these guys are hitler it feels like this is a board game or a larp that they do to all of us. And I think that with what happened in Iowa, with what's been happening to Bernie, is actually slowly but surely waking us up to the reality on how deeply we're being manipulated. I think we need to reopen the church committee hearings and actually bring out the guys that own the media companies and explain to us why they make the choices they do. Because it almost seems like if you watch Rachel Maddow, it is an example of journalistic malpractice. So wait, are you talk when you say the media companies? Are you talking about all of them, or are you just talking about this particular kind? Because you because the because here's the thing, I've always noticed this. They always talk about oh the the, the mainstream media, the left wing, the left the media has a leftist bias. I can agree to that to an extent. However, if we all if we want to talk about new if we want to talk about news outlets. The most watched, the number one, the number one rated, and the number one talked about news just happens to have a conservative slant. So, really, who's mainstream? Who controls Reuters? Who does the Rothschild family? The Rothschild family controls Reuters. Mm -hmm. So, whatever stories go through Reuters, 
Okay, they're they're available to CBS, NBC, um, so the New York all the news Times, outlets, what any news outlet. And Ryan, what's that called again? Um, like the Associated Press, Reuters. Yeah, the wire services. The wire yeah. services. But uh, but I'm, I I gotta admit I'm a little confused why we're talking about media ownership. Media didn't create Antifa. You know they they, they this I don't know is. About that. They, they didn't. I mean, I mean, this is a... Did it create... I, I'll tell you a story. I'm, I'm in jail uh, with these guys, January of, of 2017, and they are talking and joking. They're laughing, and they're saying, I'm still waiting for that Soros check to come. There's You can't pay people to go out... First of all, talk to... You worked in Hollywood, James. I mean, have you ever had to book a crowd? It's impossible to get people to come and sit in bleachers for, for $50 a day, right? Can How much would you have to... Would someone have to pay you for go out to go out and smash a mailbox and then get arrested by the police and then wait a year to go to trial and it's draining all your finances and you can't get a job? And then... It, for all that to never tell anyone about it, how much I, do, you, do you see Antifa millionaires walking around? First of Fair all, point. I think the first of all, I think the line item soldiers, like the first guys that work at a let's just say a monolithic fast food industry, they not they're not the most well paid. So I'm not going to look for Antifa millionaires. But to talk about something that draws from my experience, I did a White Stripes music video where we had to fake a bullfight, yeah. and we had to fill the bleachers with people. And there was no shortage of people that I would give $50 a day to and a free lunch that they would line up all the way around the block just for the opportunity. I think there are lots of people out there that would do this. I don't want to go off the deep end about being over, overly paranoid, but I see patterns. I see patterns. Obama comes into power. There's a constituency that doesn't like him. They have to bring him, into, they have to, bring him to heel. So they put out the Tea Party, and that gives him a clear message. You need to toe the line, guy. You need to do exactly what you told. You told all these people all these things, but he can't do that for real. The thing that I think that upsets people about Donald Trump is the fact that Donald Trump isn't in this to help anybody. I'm not deluded. Donald Trump's in this for his ego. And the only reason why I find that and safe— And the money. Well, and, well, he's got more than enough money. No, but, but I mean, he's—are you kidding? He's, yeah. he's in it for the money. If he's, cap- if he's making money, God bless him for that one. That's exactly what I'm going to say. He's in it to be remembered. And somebody that wants to be remembered to me is more dangerous and more powerful than anyone else on this planet. Why? Because he wants history to absolve him. Um, doing a little thing by giving somebody a vote to do this or giving somebody the rights to do this, history isn't going to remember him the way this guy wants to be remembered. I think what he's going to do in his lame duck presidency, because he is going to get reelected. Okay, mm-hmm. he, well, he is. There's, mm-hmm. there's nobody in the Democratic. Uh, we, we can have a gentleman's. Let's, not, let's not do the candidates right now. Okay. I don't feel like yeah. it, I don't feel like discussing this. If anything, I have another question that I wanted to address. Okay, so thinking locally and thinking more or less about you know transit and all transit and local government and everything. My question is, why are why target transit and not Wall Street or any other right. wealth built entities? Why do we have to we, we discussed this on some of the other podcasts I've been on where it's like it's weird yeah. that these people, Brian is agreeing with me, mm-hmm. what something that you use every day. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna destroy the turnstile today and tomorrow you're gonna have to swipe your metric card to go to work. And or the idea of you you're the very thing that everybody uses that everybody needs especially in the middle of rush hour when everybody's just trying to get home or get to work it doesn't matter you 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 disrupt the whole system which i understand why you would do it i don't i understand why why would you do it why would you target the the mta that's a question that's what i'm asking you guys the the people that you're trying to engage in 
and get them to see your point of view are the ones you're pissing off. Exactly. Hey, that's what I'm trying to say. That's, that's <laughs> the, my the, point. The, the, Go egg the NYPD yeah, precinct. <laughs> the point is that someone is doing it. Someone, some uh, uh, financial entity is doing it in order to uh, turn the public opinion against Antifa. That is Antifa. To me, it, that would be the last. That rapid the last. transit would be the last thing that we would attack. Yeah, I'm going to address directly what your question there. You want to know the reason why they did this and the reason why they decided to have their meeting at Grand Central Station? They didn't have it at the number four train. They didn't have it at the 42nd Street New York Times Exchange where all regular working slobs like me have to take the subway. If you take a look at the video of the, all the faces of the Antifa guys, they all come from upstate New York. They all come from Westchester, Connecticut, where not yeah. just the bridge, the affluent disenfranchised that figure they want to fight for my right. How you know, can you know that they're wearing masks. You know that. Okay, in between the peaking part of their masks, <laughs> I can see their skin <laughs> and I can see their eyes. And then the one, actually, the it's one thing the I eyes do, of privilege. No, no, it's one thing I pay attention to. Honestly, uh -huh. look at their shoes. Ah. You look at the shoes. If it's a street kid or somebody in the street, they're wearing comfy shoes or they're wearing sneakers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These guys are wearing shoes. And one, to answer your question, why they don't go after Wall Street? Because their mommies and daddies work for Wall Street. They want to help yeah. those poor brown people that got to get around on the subway. So what's the best way to help them? Let me fuck up the subway for them all day long so they can't use it. Yay, look at us. We're helping you by facilitating your inability. To, well, exactly. because they're not part of our community. They're not part of the they community. Okay. They're, they're outsiders. Hmm. They're, they're the children of privilege that imagine that somehow or another because they don't have a Vietnam War, they don't have a civil rights march, so they need to, something to validate their existence because they feel so insanely guilty. Oh, look at me getting all this privilege. I've been drummed in all this privilege. You know what? I'm going to help those poor black people. You know what I'm going to help all those poor black people? I'm going to gum up all the subways they use to go to work every day to fight so they can get a free fare. And they actually crazy glued themselves to the station to block everybody. And what I'm thinking about is when I see that long line of tired black most likely single moms going from their first job to their second job. Why would so that be food. most likely? Statis okay. No, statistics. That's why. Uh, and actually being African-American and living in the community, it's something I observe personally. I would I, like to say that all of them are like everyone else, but I, I'm not going to lie. And I'm not going to say a truth just to make everyone else comfortable. Now, do I know it for a fact? No, I do not. Okay, I was about to say. No, okay. I don't know that. But part. continue your point. But um, to speak to your point, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, like that. That I see. I see where James is coming from. Now the thing is, is that who wants to counter that? I, I don't think anyone here wants to counter all of. That. I, I don't think anybody is in favor of transit disruptions. I no. I'm yeah. sympathetic to a lot of the on things that these groups On a normal day, want. transit gets yeah. disrupted. Yeah, yeah, right. on its own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, you ain't got to do a thing. But, no. but you don't have to do a but, thing. But, but I will swipe your card. I, oh, I messed up the whole system. Oops, right. I broke it. But I will. I will fight you on the fact that, or on the idea that these are all upstate do-gooders that's that's never been my experience with with any not just with this just, well for, and first of all i would say just look at the bronx the group that was active in the bronx shutting down the joker stairs during this whole thing doesn't look like a bunch of upstaters to me that and shuts down mass transit the joker stairs they did it on the same day it's like part of the same thing it doesn't but, shut down but, mass transit. but are they affiliated groups no i i think so they were flying under the same banner i would rather have somebody protesting in front of a set of stairs instead of somebody fucking up the subway when i need to I, home. I i agree with, on that one yeah. but mm -hmm. it, but but i've seen transit disruptions around the city as part of a lot of actions over the last few years i, I remember after eric garner died people shut down the west side highway right i remember during occupy people shut down the brooklyn bridge right yeah. and and a lot of these uh, groups don't look to me like like 
predominantly white upstate groups. So I don't, yeah. But there's a distinction there. Yeah. If I shut down the West Side Highway, that's all the commuters who can afford to have a car, sure. afford to pay the toll, sure. afford to drive themselves back upstate. Sure. So I do want to be a burr in their saddle because I want to send a message to them that a poor kid, Eric Gardner, was choked to death just for selling cigarettes outside a store. And you know yeah. what? I'm not going to do that by actually interrupting the day of like my fellow black and brown people, but I will stand in a highway where all the um, rich white people who are going to upstate New York, who are going to Connecticut, mm -hmm. and that will send a message because they're the guys who vote, they're the guys that have the lobbying group, they're the guys that we perceive to have the power. I don't want to make this into like a weird racial thing because the thing is, I went to Occupy Wall Street. I think Occupy Wall Street is markedly different than Antifa. Occupy Wall Street, there was an honor there. There was something that I wanted to help fight with these people for. I worked in Wall Street for years. I worked at 50 Beaver Street, and I know firsthand what scumbags these guys completely and totally are. Totally. I'm legit. Totally legit. So I think it's different because the Occupy Wall Street, I think they almost get maligned a little bit by being brought in with Antifa. Have mm -hmm. you seen any of the YouTube videos of these Antifa guys, what they say? I mean, I'm disturbed when I have like five or 10 white suburban privileged kids calling a black police officer the N-word. I'm disturbed where a bunch of white Antifa protesters go to Candace Owens. Can't stand her. She's Hello. cute. But yeah. like you know, she's that's, that's it though. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Right. But they start calling her the N word. Start calling her all these names. No way. That's their own secret racism that's inside of them. And what they do is they project it out to others, and they act like they want to defend you or protect you. It's like um. That Osborne kid on that show, like Kelly Osborne, going, oh no, we have to protect all the immigrants and all the illegal immigrants and all the Spanish people because oh, who's yeah. going to clean my bathroom? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she did oh, on Jesus. the View yeah. in so, live but in see, real time. That's yeah. how they think. I need to protect those black people because you know they sing and dance and they do all that you great stuff. Me. Well, mm. I would. There, I mean, but there are people of color in Antifa. It's not all white kids. No, just, it's not. Who absolute. feel guilty. Like, so I, are the yeah. people of color in Antifa? Are they the ones that are? Are the actual like are they the ones that are fighting the good fight I think they're just angry people I think what we're seeing here is this incredible frustration with the system overall with the Bernie people with the Trump people no. and everybody everybody's angry and the reason why they're so angry is because on the periphery of our awareness on the edge of our consciousness collectively we know there's something profoundly wrong and something that is so deep and deceptive that when you can't accept it, like when you're in a relationship or you're in a family or you're part of a group, if you can't accept the dysfunction of the group of the family, you start picking at each other. Mm -hmm. And this is what's happening. I could talk to a Democrat or a libertarian. We have more in common than not. But we won't explore that because the media controlled by these three companies, they know this. They do these predictive models of behavior, and they know if they see this right message, this one group is going to do this, this one group's going to do that. Mm -hmm. okay. What do you think? No, I totally agree. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's how you push people's buttons. I mean, you already know what buttons to push. What I don't understand is, is if you're trying to get a message across of we need free fares and we don't need more police, mm -hmm. why do you do things to encourage more police? Well, here's the thing. I <laughs> that mean, don't make any sense. But here's here's another point that's strange because the five because the extra um, the extra police firepower happens to be on the other side of the of the of the turnstile right. to catch ferry vaders. 
great, perfectly fine. I understand that, you know. Uh, thank you for doing your job. However, once I swipe my Metro card in, I'm now afraid that somebody's going to... I have to look at everybody because I don't know who's going to try to push me in the tracks. I don't know who's going to try to, like, push me in front of a moving train. Mm -hmm. I don't know... Like, the person next to me on the train is going to flash me. I don't know what's happening. And if something does go down, where's the police then? Correct. I don't mind police in the subways. I just want to know if they are on both sides of the turnstile. That's the part that, I think that's the part that people under, that people are understanding. Because there is a spike in crime within the system. And yet, police are never there. Right. They are never there. They're too busy getting at the churro lady. They're busy yeah. getting at the right. at that poor kid who lost his metro card earlier yeah. that day that's just trying to get home. You know, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. However, you know, I'm in actual danger here. Those of us in the system are in actual danger. Right. Well, and also ask yourself why why is there a spike in crime? Why why are we seeing more more fare jumpers? Why is that happening? It's because the turnstiles don't work. And I, I, right. my station, my station, we've got two two turnstiles. That's it for the whole thing. Only one of them works. Mm -hmm. And so there's every morning I see this. There's a long ass line, and the L train rolls up, and it's the L. So you know there's not another one coming. <laughs> and so and so what? I remember those so days. what do people do? People at my station, when they see the L coming, they see this long line. Somebody opens oh. the door and says, "Guys, come yep. on in. Everyone, yep. make your yep. train." Yep. And now and now the cops are in my station, and they wait on the other side. They wait inside, and they wait until people walk through the door, and then they come up and they're playing clothes and they flash the badge and they say, "Come on over here." I see it every morning. Uh. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's it's it, it's a rack it actually and yeah. I would agree with you because in the station that I take there are four stanchions to get in and a gate mm -hmm. now they recently renewed the gate and the stanchions to dress it up okay and they spent <laughs> they spent it's all three months with the station out of order so in that three months I had to run to 96th Street okay or or take the bus to 72nd because the 86th Street was out. Mm -hmm. And now that it's in, the stanchions are filthy. You run the card, it goes, uh, swipe the card, uh, swipe it again, swipe, swipe it again, swipe, swipe it again. Swipe oh, You're swiping time. it yeah. again, swiping yeah. it again. Yeah. The train is coming. That's why I'm glad you it's like, now. It's like, the can you? Card. They're doing the same thing they have in the UK. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, and, and you're swiping, swiping. And then on top of that, you swiped it three or four times, it goes just used. So yeah. you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get in one way yeah. or, or the other. other. Yeah. So then, so then what do you do? You go, you go, well, I already paid for it. I walk over, I walk over, and then somebody flashes a badge at you and says, sir, come over here. Yeah. 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 And if it's not noticed. that easy when like, there's a and person a in the box. It's not. It, even, there's it's nobody in the box anymore to just be like, hey, can you let me in because I can't get yeah, through. Yeah, and when, you, you know, when they say, if you see something, say something. I walked <laughs> from, from, from my entrance, the three blocks, to the other one, and the woman's in the booth, and I said, I said, I just try this, you know, my car. And it said, I explained the whole thing to her. And she looks at me and I'm going, the stanchions need to be cleaned. They Don't you love cleaned. their expression in the booth? And she's they're like, like looking at like me. like the monkey with like three. Like, yeah. I don't see nothing. I hear yeah, nothing. I yeah, see nothing. And, she, just she, and they just said, or they get mad at you because <laughs> yeah. you're a metro card. Swipe your work. card. Right. Yeah. So uh, you, know, you run your card and you go. So it's uh, there's full fare on it. Mm -hmm. And then they push the gate and go. Eh. It's like. Stop. <laughs> Yeah. So, so wait, bring you were talking about something. I just want to explain. That. See, the reason why nobody wants to protect you on the subways right now because mm -hmm. there's no profit in it. There's no profit to protect you from being thrown off. There's no profit in protecting you from being the flash or whatever freaking messed up stuff guys so, are doing. When yeah. somebody's but if I give you a ticket, 
that's yeah. a $50 ticket. Exactly. I fine you, the churro lady, that's a $100 fine. Right. The city police have become unofficial tax collectors. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a financial thing that they're doing. It's and a that's quote and that Phil. it was bad before, but Bloomberg is the one that brought all that in. Mm. There you go. There you go, right then and there. They said this is a for-profit endeavor policing, and you need to justify your salary as a police officer in the balance of tickets you're giving. So I can't give a ticket for rape. I can't give a ticket for criminality. I can't give a ticket for somebody flash. I can only arrest that guy. But that guy jumping the turnstile, that's a $50 ticket. All day long I can do that. I right. can, like I can finish off my ticket book with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just now, like parking. here's my last question. Because a few weeks ago there was like this brand new train that had like this gorgeous graffiti on it, right? And mm-hmm. Like just the way it was in the 70s and the 80s when my parents were here in New York. And I just want to ask this last question now. I'm guessing that the graffiti was kind of a throwback thing. It could also be considered vandalism to others. But my quick question is, is vandalism justifiable? If you're could talk- it be justified? No. I think the graffiti from the Bronx and what they used to call bombing those trains, I think that, th- I think that looked beautiful. It was, a unique, it was a unique art form. It was born of frustration. It was born of people who didn't have access. It was born of people that curators at all the museums and all the galleries down on 23rd Street mm-hmm. on the 20s in Chelsea in the West Village. They never talk. They, they, like, maybe they'll do one best squat to justify ignoring all this other minority talent. So this is the one place for them to express it. But when you say like vandalism, I don't like vandalism. I like mm-hmm. art. Right. If somebody wants to paint an entire train to make it look, not sprawl their name, but do a vista that reminds them of their home country or an homage to somebody or something that was impos- important in their neighborhood of life, I welcome that artistic expression. I don't consider Especially that, if it's on city property? I don't consider that vandalism. I think that's a form, just like when you were mentioning the guy that opens the um, door to the subway, mm-hmm. yeah. that is a form of civil disobedience. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like when, I, when I put my radar detector on mm-hmm. the dashboard of my car, that is my civil disobedience that I do not agree with what you think the law should be, and that's my right as an American citizen to rebel and to protest. Now, should I mindlessly destroy things? No. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I So I okay. love uh, people who disrupt street advertising and subway advertising, right? People people do some really beautiful things with that. And and it's a really good market where it shows you where the train's not coming. Right. Right? Yeah. If, if if the trains came faster, people wouldn't well, be chopping up the ads. You wouldn't be having right. all that time <laughs> yeah, on your hands. That's a great right. point. That is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Holy so. cow, they should use that as a metric. They, I, yeah. I, right. I hope they do. That's true. Like, how long does it take to make this paint, this, like, scribble right. real quick? You know, that's how long it takes for the train to come. Exactly All right. right. So um, we have to wrap this up because my director is, like, yelling at me through the glass. But I'm, <laughs> Shane, don't worry about it. I got this. I got this. Thank you so much for listening to Verbal Assault. Thank you so much to the panel. I want to thank James. I want to thank Brian. I want to thank Evan. I want to thank Kirk. I want to thank Alejandro with the camera in my face. <laughs> and with that, you know. I love you lots, and I'll miss you much, and I'll catch you tomorrow where we will talk about the Friday Night Massacre. It happened a week ago, but we're still going to talk about it because that was a massacre. All right, so with that, love you lots, miss you much. Catch you on the next episode. Please catch us on all the platforms. We are across all of them, from Google to Apple to Spotify. No excuses. Verbal Assault, out. Every day fly.